The forbidding blackness of the night, compounded by the pounding hail, totally obscured her view of the winding mountain road ahead. Mouth taut with trepidation and knuckles white from her desperate grasp on the steering wheel, she strained her eyes in a vain attempt to see into the unknown. Her heart beat wildly as she wiped frantically at the windshield. The markings on the road ahead were indistinguishable, and it was impossible to see if she were in her own lane. In a flash of lightning, she saw her own terror echoed in the expression of the passenger beside her. Before she could decide what to do, headlights appeared out of nowhere. The road ahead curved sharply, and no avenue of escape was evident. She veered to the right, praying that she was only in the wrong lane. Instead of finding pavement, her car slid off the road onto the now muddy shoulder, barreled through a non-existent side rail, and was airborne. Paralyzed with fear, she held her breath. Time slowed down and froze. The car dangled in mid-air, and a deafening silence wounded her ears. Abruptly, time shifted, and the car dropped. The 200-foot plunge caused an explosive fireball, which illuminated the impenetrable darkness of the night. Its flames cast a surreal glow, and grotesque shadows danced around the asymmetrical landscape of the canyon floor. Nicole woke suddenly, drenched with sweat. Wet strands of shoulder-length dark blonde hair stuck to her cheek as she squeezed her eyes shut and took a deep breath. She opened them again, and then shakily she let out a heavy sigh of relief. Groaning, she asked aloud, How many times do I have to go through this? Bewildered, she looked over at the window where the morning sunlight was streaming in and then rolled over to look at the clock. She usually awakened without an alarm because sleep was difficult. The thought crossed her mind, Every morning I wake up late. It's from that same nightmare. Maybe I should set an alarm just so I won't have that stupid dream. She dismissed the idea. She knew the reason for them. They were always the same. Her father sitting in the passenger seat. She in her mother's place. Maybe I should see a psychiatrist. She considered, but she didn't want more doctors. It was a cold, crisp Friday morning. Snow covered everything as it always did this time of the year in Provo, Utah. It was the end of January, and Nick Tallon, a 26-year-old graduate student, was walking quickly yet carefully enough to avoid slipping on the frozen mess, supposedly a sidewalk, on his way to the Harold B. Lee Library at Brigham Young University. His hair was straight and blonde, and he had a lean, muscular body that came from the plethoric hours he spent in the gym. The tan was from a salon. He was clean-shaven and wore a pair of Ralph Lauren button-fly jeans, wide Oxford sports shirt with the top button casually undone. His sleeves were rolled up exposing a steel and gold Rolex Submariner. Nearly six foot two, he walked with a confident stride. In spite of the cold, his relaxed smile and intense blue eyes worked like radar, denoting every attractive female in his path. The snow was dry and crunched beneath his feet. He approached the building, which looked odd, like a massive glass greenhouse. As he entered, the dramatic change in temperature accosted him, and he quickly removed his coat. He headed straight for a pre-designated meeting place.
Michael Devereaux was sitting at a table, intently focused on a thick molecular bioengineering textbook. He was wearing a light blue button-up shirt and a new pair of Levi's. A cluster of thick reference books covered a significant portion of the large study table he had chosen. He had made the whole area his domain, and it was clear that he had been there for a while. As a biotechnology graduate student, he also worked as a teaching assistant in the chemistry department. He had only a few months until graduation and was determined to maintain his high GPA. Nick had often told Michael that he worked too hard. Michael believed Nick didn't work hard enough. Michael wasn't competitive with others, although some would have argued that. He found it difficult to relax. He always felt as if he should be doing something productive with his time.